literally just now, it's 4.12, oh, sugar. It's 4.12 and I received a message at 4.11 from Bike Bay saying, if you're still, if you're in beep, we can grab a quick meal when I'm back. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Friends of Summer Walkers meet and greets and beyond. Welcome to another episode of Finding Dick. A show celebrating being single, documenting the highs and the lows, the trials and the tribulations, the quest to finding one's other hole or holes, if you know what I mean. So you guys are in for a literal treat for today's episode because I am joined by a very special guest who has a very chocolatey, velvety sounding, tasting voice. And we are talking all things Gen Z versus millennial when it comes to dating. Also, as usual, at the end of the episode, I'm going to be filling you guys in on the last dick challenge and I'm going to be spilling my tea with you. So definitely hold tight for that. But before we get into any of that, you know the drill. Add us on Instagram at Finding Dick. Add me, my personal Instagram at Daisy Chaku, and add Transmission Roundhouse's Instagram at Transmission underscore RH. Also, you guys, come on. I really hope that you're actually joining in on the dick challenges. If not, start. And when you do, let us know on the socials as well. I'm going to give you two seconds to do it. One, two three i gave you an extra one did you do it yeah okay let's get into the show baby steve lacy hello look at me you're doing really well thank you how are you i'm all right i have a question sure can i call you steve lacy on the, the podcast because i call you steve, yeah of this podcast you may thank you how are you i'm doing i'm doing well i had a really nice banana loaf uh-huh from a workspace I work at. Yeah. And it was overpriced, but it was delicious. You paid for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Sometimes I pay for things. Yeah, I'm very not often. surprised. Because you, you... Let me not insult you just yet. I'm going to insult you now, possibly. Okay. I have a question for you. Of course. So, Steve Lacey. Yes. I'm going to play you something, mm. and I want to know if you know what it is. Sure. And it alludes to the topic of the thingy anyway of the podcast today. All right. Ready? I'm already embarrassed. Tell me, tell me if you know this tune. Dun, 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 dun. Do you know I it? Do. That's like the Nokia old school ringtone, isn't it? I feel like I've failed because. Was that the barometer whether I'm Jazz Z or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do better. Okay, that failed. Anyway, are you yeah. excited to be here? I'm really excited. I was thinking about it the whole week. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, I can't believe I get to record with Daisy on Thursday. Are you being serious? Real life? Absolutely. Steve Lacey, who are you actually? Please tell the people. I am Malachi Sargent. Mm-hmm. I am here existing, breathing, mm-hmm. working as a writer and theatre maker, mm-hmm. producer of artistic experiences. Mm-hmm. I work a lot with writers. I work with black people, mainly. Oh, amen. Um, black writers to develop shows about things that we may or may not hear about from people who are often not appreciated in the dominant culture. 
especially the artistic landscape of theatre and live performance. Mm. So I do a lot of theatre productions, immersive experiences, digital experiences, um, and I write my own poems and I'm writing a play at the moment. And somehow this has been a sustainable-ish career for the last two and a half years. So that's hey. really cool. Can you see the smile on my face right now? Vaguely. Okay, I'm smiling because, as you know... I do. You never tell me what you do. I don't. So I'm actually quite happy. Yeah. And I asked, I knew that today was going to be the day. Yes. Yes. Anyway, before we slide into the thing, mm. I need to know, Steve, mm. are you single, a.k.a. are you finding dick? It's complicated. Of course you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not single. I'm in an open relationship. Are you really? I am indeed. That is such a Gen Z thing to say. Wow, it's almost, wow, crazy. I, well, okay, look, this is. I feel like this episode is going to be full of um, maybe stereotypes for my part, and we're going to be mm. unpacking. That's a very Twitter word, isn't it? Oh, it is. Unpacking that ish. Dissecting. Di no, unpacking is more Twittery, don't you think? Um, dissecting is more like funding application here. What? Yeah, you're right. So like, that's what I'd put in a funding application. Like, we're dissecting Black Bush's narratives. Oh, okay. So if you yeah, say yeah, it, then yeah. that means it's real. Yeah. Right, so cool. we're going to be dissecting mm. these stereotypes. Brilliant. So in today's episode, mm. Steve is going to be our resident Gen Zer, and I am going to be your resident millennial. And together, we are going to explore how we each find dick. But before we get into all that, a disclaimer Malachi is only one person, and I am only one person. So although we are reporting on behalf of our generations for the purpose of this show, don't hold us completely accountable. Absolutely. Anyway, so real quick, let me just explain what we mean by Gen Z, millennial and generations in general. From my research, it all seems quite arbitrary. Mm -hmm. So I settled with definitions from the most credible sources that I found. Wikipedia. Mm. So Wikipedia says, a generation is all the people born and living at about the same time regarded collectively. Millennials are the demographic co cohort following Generation X and preceding Generation Z. Researchers and popular media use the early 1980s as the starting birth years and the mid-1990s to early 2000s as ending birth years with 1981 to 1996 a widely accepted definition. Generation Z are the demographic cohort after the millennials. Demographers and researchers typically use the mid-1990s to the early 2000s as starting birth years. There is little consensus regarding ending birth years. Done. But anyway, so with all of the, the logistics mm. put out there, mm. let's start to reflect. Steve Lacey, how do you find dick generally? Generally, it's a, a combination of being sociable without intending to be so. So, like, I might be reading some poems at an event mm -hmm. and then there'll be, like, a flock, a, a pack of people that just, like, you know, just saunter their way towards me Okay. at the end of my set. And like, wow, that was so incredible and life-affirming. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please let me be your dick. 
And I'm like, okay, well, let's really think about that. Mm -hmm. So that's usually the main way. Or okay. that and like just me sliding in people's DMs, mm -hmm. the confidence of a straight white man. Just like, hey, I saw this photo of you eating grapefruit. Do you want to be my dick? Do you really like sliding people's DMs? I do actually, yeah. Do you do that often? And is that normal? I don't know if oh. it's normal. Um, I think it, it, it really does depend on what you're looking for. More time, I'm just bored. Um, and then I get bored of people quite easily as well. So do you find that Instagram is really good for that? Because you've just got a plethora, mm. a plethora of peeps just at your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it like that. But it is. No. Okay. I'm very wary of what I'm saying because I used to be trash. And I've grown out of this phase now. Used to be. Used to be. Oh. Yeah. I have something that might help you loosen up there. Go on. It's your second, your part. So I've already given Steve Lazy a part one gift, but I've got oh. your part two gift. Oh my goodness. Segway. Oh, whoa. You're just pulling these out of the middle of nowhere as well. For real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I've just been presented mm -hmm. is, um, a Funkin. Is that product placement? Let me not say what it Isn't is. Isn't it? As if they're right. paying us. I've just been presented a lovely passion fruit martini. If there's someone who's buff and I'm just like, bruh, they're paying. I want to be in their life mm -hmm. and I want them to know who I am. Then also it would be a, hey, I think you're paying. Let's be mates. I've got very little game. So you do slide into, people, into people's DMs because for me as a millennial, let me tell you how, how it works for me. Ain't no way. That's a Chris Brown song. Ain't no way. Problematic. There is no way mm. that I am going to slide in someone's DMs. Like, that's just... I, I might do it now, like, as a new approach, mm. but, like, it's not my go-to thing. And, like, I, I don't know. I find that very strange. My preferred thing of like finding dick my preferred way of finding dick as a millennial i would say i think this is because i am a millennial is irl so similar to your first point of like having being in like a poetry venue and then having flocks of people mm. come to you and ask you to be their dick for me that's what i prefer to be in a bar and then just have like tons of men come up mm. to me and ask me would you like me to be your dick or tinder but now Hinge. Seeing, I was told about Hinge the other day. I, I'm very unaware of other dating apps outside Tinder. I used it maybe about four or five months and just stopped using it. You used what, Tinder? Tinder, yeah. Okay. Um, Because it's very superficial, but I hear that Hinge is like a bit more nuanced in that you are, answer a certain amount of questions about yourself. Yeah. And that forms your profile. Yeah. Which sounds cool, but I'm honestly not looking to meet any new people until like 2022. So I don't really... Can I ask why? So specific. It's just... Meeting new people is quite overwhelming. Wait, you said until 2022, the year? You yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so meeting people is overwhelming. Yeah, and I think what... So here's a thought that's a bit more coherent. On in someone's DMs, you only have the version of themselves that they present to you on their profile for whatever it is, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And there's only so much you can go by and so much 
detectivized being a detective you can CRB. do yeah exactly yeah. before you can make the decision whether or not you want to chat to this person mm. but if you're in a space in real life which is what i prefer more time you're going to be in that space together because you've already got some sort of common ground so if it's at a poetry night or an exhibition or a football match or whatever it is you're already there because there's a shared something bringing you together but on instagram that shared thing is usually just algorithms or mutual followers or you're both attractive people objectively so that's what it is mm, yeah i see where you're coming from but from my research i found that maybe you're the what's the word i'm trying to use when you know like in a science experiment where like you've got the norm and then you've got the random one mm. what's that called anomaly yeah maybe you're the anomaly because research shows that gen zers like they they mainly just follow each other and find dick mm. via the internet I via d- social media sorry yeah and i think that's true for most people but looking at my friends and stuff they are not usually doing that either mm. But most of my friends are actually millennials, which is probably why. My friends who um, I went to school or college with usually meet people either through college or uni or whatever. People my age don't really use dating sites. Don't they? Not really. Mm, I feel like that's that's like a... You get to a point where it's like, "Mm, might as well jump on. Mm. I think the only times when people use them or when they're explicitly looking for sex yeah so if you don't necessarily meet people on tinder or whatever depending on whatever your approach is how do you actually move to people that you like do you move to people that you like i do not ever do that never no i've got um no game so my approach is always just like standing maybe a meter or two away and just looking really intensely at I the person. I think I've seen you do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like behind the bin. <laughs> just like from from afar. Yeah. And then just like slowly getting closer and closer. I might just stand there like with my arms crossed. Okay. A bit like a traffic warden. Okay. Just like looking. Um, And then they will notice me and then I'll smile. And mm-hmm. I've got nice teeth. So then my smile is like, oh, that's a nice smile from a person looking at me. And then that's usually the cue for me to be like, hi. So you do move to them? No, not in a conventional sense. And you sense. said you have no game. That's game. <laughs> what I'm going to say is it's game. Because I don't, I don't have game. What would, you, what would be your, your approach? To be honest, as a typically heterosexual lady, I would say that I don't move to people. Like, hmm. Mm. So, unless there's unless there's some mart- uh, passion fruit, whatever the flavour is, mm. martini in my in me, mm. then I'm very flirty. Oh, for real? But, uh, like, IRL, like, in real life, mm. at, like, the Clurib, or, yeah. like, in a bar or something. But, like, typically, I'm not going to be on the street and then in Elephant on Castle <laughs> and then run up to a guy and be like, you're beautiful, can I have your number? I don't... Yeah. I don't do that. And the thing is, that is almost the equivalent of the thing of looking at someone on socials and thinking that they're paying and then wanting to chat to them. Because yeah. it's like, I've just seen that you're paying and now I want to talk to you, but I actually don't know who you are, really. Yeah. So I so even though I encounter a lot of paying people on public transport or whatever, 
and I'll be like, mm, I'm sure that they are really into poetry because they dress the sort of way, a certain way. And you go up to them and you start speaking to them and it turns out like they're really boring and not creatively minded, which is the biggest thing that I look for in a person. Yeah. Getting to that point is then just a big old disappointment and you got to trudge along back to the four miles that you ran to go and find this person. But the fact that you have ran four miles and you have spoken to this person... A metaphorical four miles. Metaphorical four miles. Mm. And and then encounter, and spoken to this person who ends up being boring mm. shows that you do move to people. Is that something that you would say that Gen Zers do in general? Is that just a, a Steve Lacey I think thing? You've, uh, you've got an interesting understanding of what moving to someone means. So what does that? what is that for you? Moving to someone is me being like, oh my god, it's Tom Mucci. I love Tom Mucci. Mm. This is in real life or I, online, actually. Yeah, I love Tom Mucci. I want Tom Mucci to know that I like him and I want him to be my dick. Mm. So I'm going to put myself forward and myself out there for him to know this and then to see how he responds. Mm-hmm. And if we're to see if we're on the same page, mm-hmm. that's what moving to is. But then what is that putting yourself out there? Like, tangibly, what does that mean? It can manifest in different ways. It could be running a met- metaphorical four miles, mm. hiding behind bins, mm. and then poking out with a big smile. <laughs> or it could be me bare, like, liking bare of Tom Mucci's pictures. That's nothing. So That's if, moving to What enough. really frustrates me is when people like all my... I've only got a few photos on Instagram, mm-hmm. like, under 20. But it's still quite excessive for you to scroll through all of them and double tap them all. That's like 38 times you're just pressing your screen to tap. <laughs> Do you reckon that's excessive? Ooh. Try again. Do you reckon that's excessive? Yeah, absolutely. If you. What does that mean, though, that if it's excessive? Excessive, excessive means I've definitely noticed you now, but that doesn't mean that I care more. That doesn't mean that I'm going to look at your page longer. I just noticed that you have more time than I do. So you wouldn't see that as a move? No. So how would you move to someone on Instagram then? Like in their you, DMs. You ask... okay. So it might start off with a response to their story. That's usually it. So oh, that's might, a good one. They might post something that I'm vaguely interested in. Then I comment something that is also alluding to my interest in that sort of thing and seeing where. It... So say you've posted a photo of you in IKEA and mm-hmm. you're buying a lamp. I might respond and be like, ah, I bought this lamp from Ikea in my flat and it's so nice. And well, then you would respond to my picture? Of a lamp, yeah. Even if, my question is, even if you, I don't know who you are? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because you don't, I feel like there's an over-familiarity people have with... Uh, Social media. Yeah. Because I've encountered people before who I've met in real life, but they're like, ah... You're Steve Lacey. And I'm like, yes. I mean, no, but yes. How do you know that? Mm. And they're like, oh, I've been following you on Twitter for about two years, but I don't know who you are. So it's nice to meet you and hello, and I'll have a conversation with you. But you introducing yourself to me and wanting to hug me as a stranger is bizarre. But them 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 doing that on Instagram is not bizarre. No, I'm not saying what I do is normal or right. I am definitely accepting that it's not normal, but... Because I see a random ma 
coming up to you and being like, oh my gosh, Steve Lacey the second. Yeah. I've been following you for two years. And then they're like, say hi and introduce themselves. It's the exact same uh, thing as being online and then just replying to some random person's Instagram story. Like, oh, I have that lamp too, yeah. Steve. Yeah. That's the same. It is the same, but it's also different. I think it's different because you're a Gen Z. Wow. And I'm a millennial. No, honestly, because we see the... Do you not think so? Uh, we see the internet differently. We do, we do, we do. I've The thing is, I grew up poor, so, like, as much as we see it differently, I also know the trauma of the, the sound of dial-up because we never had, like, proper broadband until very late into mm. the early 2000s. Okay. So I know the pain of having poor internet and that whole culture, as it were, of yeah. the internet's conception into mainstream consumption. I get it. And all of my friends are older and I kind of live vicariously through them, but also through my mum because she's very young. My mum is a millennial. Oh. So there's a, a shared thing oh, yeah, there yeah. too. So I get it. But also the way I use it, I guess, is different. I use social media specifically most to promote my work. Not for finding dick. Not for finding dick. I think you do, without even realising it. Because you Maybe. say, like, you sliding in people's DMs outside of profession, the professional world is mm. finding dick. True. You saying that you reply to Ikea's Snapchat story, Instagram stories is finding dick now? I don't know if it's finding dick or if it's more finding something else. Just people to kind of entertain me as I'm bored or... That sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound bad. It sounds honest. Yeah. It sounds real. It sounds very 2019. Yeah, I think what social media has done and influencer culture has done is enable people to use human relationships in a more transactional way. Mm. Um, so we're not actually looking at people as people anymore. We're looking at them as brand ambassadors or people that can help us elevate our careers or people who would be good to know because they roll with certain other people and that would improve my clout, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't really have time for any of that and I don't indulge in that side of social media whatsoever because it's bizarre to me. But I feel like that does have ripple effects on the way that Gen Z does use the internet because we're seeing this proliferation of people being used as opposed to being experienced or interacted with. I'm wow. doing poetry clickings. Finally, I'm on articulated form now. <laughs> Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, bring it back down the notch. Oh, okay. But that's very interesting, and I think that's very real. My, from what I've read and from what I've seen, I reckon, and also you're an older Gen Z as well. And from what you've exp from what you said, you've you're probably more merged with like the millennial side of the generations. I don't know, but I feel like the true younger. Not the truth. The, the younger, TikTok generation. Them. Mm. Yeah. They probably most likely from my educational guess are going to use Instagram, Pinterest, all of them. Flickr. <laughs> Bieber. <laughs> Habbo Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to use social media in a way that we use real life. Mm. Like, And it's just going to be so normal to them. It's not that they're going to. They are. 
And what's scary, like, yeah, because it's going to supplement genuine human interaction. Yeah, it? so I feel like they probably aren't going to... You see, like, the, the days of, like, walking down the high street and then having your age mate come up to you, like, shout at you and be like, hey, shout, hey. Mm. It's not going to happen anymore. You just got to... That same guy who would have said, hey, shout, hey, is just going to be, like, sitting in Cafe Nero flicking through your Instagram or he's going to find you on the Explorer page and then... He'll see... airdrop you a TikTok video. <laughs> Just... I've seen that happen before. What? I've seen what? it happen in a cafe. This dude was just sat on his laptop and he just kept airdropping random files to random people and you're hearing different people's uh, phones pinging and then either, like, laughs or, like, looks of absolute terror uh, on their faces. Did you get one? No, because my airdrop receiving mode was off. I wish I was there so I could see what it was. It was a sight to see just the other people's responses. But I feel like that could become a genuine form of communication. It probably will. Just people airdropping files to Airdrop- strangers. Yeah. That would be the new sliding DMs. Just sending a spreadsheet to, like, that Suzanne. That is strange <laughs> to me. That is- but speaking of Cafe Nero... Sure. I'm going to try, we were, I'm gonna but try and right. do a segue. <laughs> speaking of sex, Cafe Nero, what is a typical date... Mm. in your circle of friends or mm. or for you? That's an interesting question because I don't necessarily feel like I participate in dating, but I'm aware that the activities that I do with people are usually perceived as dating. As in, like... Can I define what a date is then? Please do. Okay, so even if you don't use the term date, you probably live within this definition. Go for a it. date is when two or more yeah. participants have decided to meet up and spend time together. Usually around, like, the beginning stage of, like, getting to know each other. Sure. Have you experienced this? And do you experience this? And if so, what are the specifics? I think if that's the definition of a date, then I experience that almost daily. Like, no, but then, sorry, let me add a... Can as- Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, see, let's see that week. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Anyway. Because, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, you do that all the time. No, you're on the same page that this is romantic same. to some extent. You're both finding dick. Mm. Yeah. I think it's really vague for Gen Z. The lines aren't as clear because people in that sort of category don't really know how to make boundaries necessarily or communicate clearly enough to be like, I'm interested in you romantically. And whether it's saying it as explicitly as that or in another amalgamation of words with that as the through line, it just doesn't really happen so often. People are really happy to see where it goes, which is why so many people end up in situationships and like mm. don't really know where they stand with other people. Coming, like being, having been trash and being outside of that phase now, mm. I understand the importance of setting boundaries and communicating clearly and tr- transparency and honestly. And being honesty. on the same page. Exactly. Mm. With that in mind, I think a date for me consists of going and doing a thing that can then be discussed afterwards over a meal or a drink or something. Or even like a first date. Yeah, I mean, it also is seasonal. So in the summer, a lot of dates take place in the park we'll have a picnic and we'll just chat because there's food which brings people together. Mm-hmm. Usually a speaker. You can talk about music, listen to music, put what, on like each other's playlists. 
I just play my own music all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously that band that I'm affiliated with as well. Oh, yeah, that band, yeah. Yeah. Um, park dates are always fun. Music, food, that picnic evening in the summer, it's cute. Yeah. You can just look at the person and chat to them. Mm. When it's colder, like it is now, it's more of a thing of, let's do something inside, like go to a gallery. Mm. And then we can leave that gallery and then get a drink afterwards. And we can talk about things in the gallery and have bants and what have you like that's usually it for me but when you are when you are being suggested dates from people who are gen zers what do they suggest and do they even call it dates no that's the thing it's like let's hang out yeah do you want to link up cool and do what we can just smoke okay and what else really yeah can i tell you what it's like as a millennial please i need to know yeah wagwan absolutely I, 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 cause otherwise we're friends, and I'm mm. gonna put you in the box, in mm. the friend box. I'm gonna put you in the friend zone. If I meet, especially if I'm meeting you from like Hinge, everyone on that platform is there. F- well, assume, assumedly, mm. that word, mm-hmm. for the same reason, either for a relationship or to hook up. So if I'm gonna meet you, it's a date first of all, and I want to do date things, whether that is drinks, which is my preferred date, or an exhibition or like going to the park or something Mm. but i need to know like it needs to be in a box boundaries but then it's not like let's go on a date to this place is it that's not ever in the conversation it's always alluded to right what what are you asking like does the person say are we going on a date today yeah like it's never that explicit is what i'm saying so you have to do level certain level of inference regardless of whether you're gen y or z a certain level of what? Inference into, like, the the dynamic of play. I guess so, but I feel like the boundaries are more... Even if you don't call it a date, you know that it is a date. And you know that it's going... It, within that box, it's going to... Certain activities or mm. certain... Even timelines are going to exist within that. So, like, we're going to date for a certain amount of time and then it's most likely going to lead to this step and this step and this step. See, I don't... I think the way that I've been dating for the last however long is, like, I'm not looking for a relationship and that's been the difference. Whenever I've been in a relationship, it's always been like, oh, this has happened now, as opposed to going on that progression of I meet you and we go on a series of dates and then whatever, whatever, whatever comes after that. I don't even know too tough because it's not... That's the only... I only see that in, like, American sitcoms. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like Phoebe meets someone in Friends and she plays her guitar outside and then some weird guy is like, oh, my God, Phoebe, right? Like, (laughs) how do you know who I am? I saw your music the other day in the subway and then some nonsense conversation happens... And then eventually they sleep together and regret it and hate each other the rest of the series. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. But I feel like that's a very outdated and quite linear way of perceiving it. I think there's just, for me as a person, as much as I like to set boundaries, I think it's also important to lean into the grey area sometimes because that can be more exciting. That is. That seems like it, but I feel like for me as a millennial who has had my mind infiltrated by people like Phoebe and people like um, Carrie Bradshaw mm. and people like Seinfeld. I have, I've only watched one episode of Seinfeld. Anyway, so that narrative has like entered my 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 perspective. And so now I move forward in when I'm finding Dick with those influences. So I don't 
I mean, the grey, I do lean into the grey, but when I lean into the grey, I kind of feel like I'm doing something outside of my comfort zone or like I what's see. normal. I think, so I've been interested in my star chart, star sign chart. Yeah, astrology and that. That yeah. recently. Because people keep asking me the question, like when I'm meeting new people especially, it's like one of the first five questions maybe, which I find really intriguing. What, is it Gen Zers or just anyone? Just anybody. Yeah. Um, but I'm a Virgo sun, Leo rising and Aquarius moon. Oh. And I've got three other Leo placements in my chart. Okay. Which essentially means that I'm meant to be quite fiery and self, uh, have an inflated sense of self-importance and like quite spontaneous. And there's this side of me that I really enjoy and lean into, but often causes mess and is quite good at thinking about consequences. But then there's my Virgo sun, which is very much about linearity and order and structure, which I, which is my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But because I was living in that for such a long time, growing up as a child and into my adolescence, when I got to maybe 16, 17, it was like, ah, oh, there's this whole other side of me that I haven't quite explored yet. So I was exploring that side and being, leaning into that grey area a lot more. But... Ultimately, that was having negative consequences because people were being hurt by my actions or because I hadn't considered uh, something that I'd done, like the repercussion would come back and it wouldn't be good for anybody involved. And I think having been aware of that now, it's a lot easier for me to be like, do I want to approach it in a linear sort of way? And or do I want, and I, do I want to set boundaries from the get-go? Or is this the sort of person that I can have this sort of dance with of uh, not defining things mm. until it comes to a point of necessity? And do you feel like the people that you are finding dick with, the Gen Zers, are they receptive to that? Uh, to what, the grey? Yeah, like whether you want to be linear, whether you want to be uh, in the grey, like are it's they... It's the opposite, actually. I find that. People close in age to me usually want, paradoxically, usually want to know where they stand more, but aren't necessarily willing to commit to that. Oh. So it would be, I want to know if you're sleeping with other people. I want to know if you are dating other people. I want to know when you're working. And then it's like, uh, it, it leaks into just an entitlement of your time. But you say, I'm just getting to know you. So why do you feel entitled to my time? Why do you feel entitled for me to call you? I don't mm. like doing phone calls. I pick, Literally, you can go through my call log and see all my calls are under three minutes. It's like, where are you? What are you doing? Da, da, da. Cool. Mm. Make a plan and done. I'll meet you and we can talk properly. I don't just want to chat on the phone. For so what? You said that they aren't necessarily... No, you said they do not like the grey. No. But they don't want to do the work. Essentially, which is why I don't j- date Gen Zs because ah. they're confused. And <laughs> like, what about when it comes to like being faithful and like creating the boundaries of like monogamy, non-monogamy? Mm. It seems like it's if we're talking like you live in this grey area and you you don't mind ex- existing in that mm. space. And for my research, most a lot of Gen Zs don't mind that either. Mm. How do you define boundaries of like monogamy and stuff? I think Gen Zs pretend that they don't mind. What oh, being like open? Yeah. But from what I've experienced, so people who have been like, so I'm 21, people who are between like 19 to 22, 23, 
like to have this idea that, yeah, I'm open to this and that and the other. And then you tell them that you're queer and then all of a sudden the conversation dries up. Or then you tell them that you're uh, not into monogamy and all of a sudden the conversation dries up. So it's this pretense of acceptance and liberalism to an extent that mm. is rife because that's part of the dominant culture now. In For young people in this city, you want to be liberal and open-minded. But true say, whether that's your family background and the culture and traditions of that comes to loggerheads with where I'm at in my life, yeah. whether that's religion, whether that's politics, whatever it is, when I've been like in the talking stage, as it were, with people in that sort of age bracket, it always comes to a halt. And I'm still figuring out why that is hmm. and trying not to internalise it as a problem for me but also not trying to impose it as a problem for them either. It's just two different realms of understanding. That's really interesting. Maybe it's because, this is my educational guess, because you're in the older part of the generation and you're dating people in the Mm. higher, in the older side. So they're probably influenced by the millennials. You guys, it's like all this Mm. like muddy water. But I reckon as like the 15 year olds, the 14 year olds, when they get to dating, like to your age, Mm. they're the ones who are going to be more it's going to be way more normal for them to be like in an open relationship and i hope so without pretending i hope that is the case because i genuinely don't believe that monogamy is for everyone and people force themselves to fit in that structure Mm. um but it's not always going to be for you and that's okay there shouldn't be guilt attached to that and it's peak because like imagine being in a relationship Mm -hmm. and then a monogamous relationship and then clocking during that relationship that the reason you're unhappy in it isn't because of the person, but it's because of the structure. It's because of the... Because it's closed. Yeah, the, like, expectation to do certain things without them being discussed or the levels of commitment that you didn't know necessarily were there when you entered the relationship. And all of these sort of unspoken sort of things start to surface Mm. imagine encountering that for yourself internally and then having to speak to somebody else who you're in the relationship with about that have you encountered that absolutely is that why you're now in an open relationship yeah because uh the last two relations the current relationship i'm in and the one previously have been open because i know that i would be unfaithful if it was in any other sort of capacity but the whole language around that is really interesting because is it being unfaithful or is it be me, me being true to myself? I guess only you can define that. Exactly. But when we're existing in this structure of monogamy, that's already defined for us. That's true. That's very true. But I guess with all definitions, whether it's monogamy, whether, whether it's yeah monogamy and that kind of exclusivity style or whether it's your queerness, whatever it is, you get to decide what you want to attach to yourself. And I guess that's a good thing about being in this generation now, whether you're a millennial, Gen Z, or the one after them. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, my last question, one of my last questions is, because I'm actually very interested in this, when it comes to your generation mm. and putting out, do you know what I mean by that? Mm. Having sex. Mm. As in, like, I'm on a first date with Tom. Not Moochie, just Tom. Sure. And um, I'm vibes in with him. Went for drinks. We're in... um. Canary Wharf. Damn. Money in it. 
Not not Mutri's money, just Tom's. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, do you know what? I really want to just... I can't speak. I really want to... You to be my dick with a H. Yeah. But I want to see your dick with a... Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But as a millennial... Sure. I can't... I'm going to have all things, all sorts of things going around in my head because I have had these ideas. These... I have been indoctrin, indoctrinated. I have been indoctrinated. Am I saying it right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it right. I'm enjoying you stumbling on it. <laughs> I have been indoctrinated with these ideas mm. of what it means if I put out on a first date, et cetera, et cetera. As a woman or just as a millennial? As a woman who is a millennial. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that if that exists for you as a Gen Z and your Gen Z peeps. Uh, speaking as a, as a me, as a Steve Lacey, mm-hmm. I don't feel like um, I subscribe to that. Uh, I, I don't do you not feel any let's say that you were to or you had the desire to or you did sleep with someone on a first date mm. or like did went against the norm whatever the norm mm. is would you feel guilty absolutely not is that just you or Probably. is that your gen z piece i think that's just me um i think that's just me i think a lot of other people again in that 19 sort of 23 bracket mm-hmm. that especially women uh women identifying people they feel there is a shame or a guilt that is attached to sleeping with someone on the first date because of what is present in the dominant culture about that, which is a shame because if you find someone attractive and they find you equally as attractive physically and otherwise, why would you prevent that? And I think the the line is often, like, you don't want to give away... You want to... on the first date you might want to present them the menu and like let them know what's on offer mm. and then you'll progressively get to the sweet spot the dessert right Ooh, yeah as you continue to see this person mm. i feel like if you give them all the courses in the dessert on the first encounter people feel like they've done themselves a disservice which i understand to an extent but it also isn't how why do you I understand it, it. What because you you're forced to understand it because that's part of the dominant culture, isn't it? But if, you don't agree with it. But I don't agree with oh, it I and I don't embody it at all. If I find someone attractive and they find me attractive, then we'll go back to my house and we'll sleep together. Mm. And I don't feel a way about that. I just feel like that's me being me. That's really disappointing for me. <laughs> no, wait, what I find disappointing is the fact that even as a Gen Z, yeah you're saying that people who belong to your generation still believe this these random yeah. rules and this these random ideas. I was hoping that you were going to say, like, no, nah, we all just spread our legs. <laughs> just, just let anything run true. We, well, no, we don't condone that because we condone safety. We uphold safety, sexual health, et cetera. Exactly. But, yeah, I was hoping that you would say that, like, Gen Zers are more loose, Mm. I don't know if that's the word I want to use. Are more free with their sexuality because yeah. as a, as millennials, from what I have observed and from what I've experienced, we're just a lot more like uptight and like we we everyone has sexual desires and drives, but like we we limit ourselves so much mm. just because of these things that people have told us, these made up things that yeah. people have told us about our sexuality. I completely agree, and I feel like being queer and cis male enables me to explore that 
in a lot more detail than other people because so I identify as queer just as the umbrella term but if we were to break it down I guess my sexuality would be pansexual which is where you could essentially be attracted to anyone regardless of their gender identity mm. um personally I don't date people who aren't black just because I don't find people who aren't black attractive in that way mm-hmm. no shame no shame no shade but <laughs> um I feel very liberated when it comes to my sexuality also because of the places that I choose to socialize in and party in and that sort of thing they are to an extent liberating spaces so I don't necessarily that doesn't stop when I leave the club you know that doesn't stop when I leave the book club or whatever it is that space has been created for people like me who share similar sexualities and similar ways of expressing expressing that sexuality um it, it, it is imbued within my life so when I am dating like if you want it to go down it can go down and I'm not gonna stop and or deny either of us from having a good time I like that I want to um I really want to learn from you because I don't embody that mm. whatsoever yeah why not because I worry that my mom's gonna find out <laughs> <laughs> my mom's gonna find out that I've been hoeing mm. I think she's just gonna like beat me or like she won't yeah. beat me. My mom doesn't beat me, you know. I'm 26. Yeah, yeah. What she'll just like look at me differently. Mm. Not like metaphorically. I mean, genuinely, she'll oh, just for look real. at me differently. Um, smell the stench of your escapades. Mm. Yeah, I knew. Um, yeah, that one. <laughs> that's not what I was gonna that's say. Not what you, I know you. I could see the look. I could see it brewing in your eyes. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I just can't like let go of these like things mm. and. I don't. I want to find like a happy medium, mm. genuinely. But also linking to my next and my last point, I also want to. I think I want to be someone, somebody's wife. I think. Okay. And from what I hear, if you want to be someone's wife in this day and age as a millennial, you better be as pure as possible. I heard from some from a YouTuber who I actually very much like, but I'm not gonna name drop. Um, you should because I like her and I, I want her to call my show. I think you should. I'm name not doing her. it. Name but her she, and then cut it. Problematic. Anyway, she said this is going to even even add to your opinion of her. She said that as a as a woman, when you're present, like a man is going not going to want a yogurt pot that has had like bare fingers in it. He wants a yogurt pot that is just pure and like sealed. And why do you as a woman care? I don't know. All why I'm do you? Why like, are you expected to care what this man thinks? Because he doesn't want... I want to be married. Yeah. So, so like, because you want to be married, you must, in every other capacity, subscribe to what this man wants. Yes. That's messed up. I know, but she said it. Why? <laughs> Did she get called out on it? I don't know. I don't look at comments. But my point is, like, I want to get... I think I want to get married. I want to be booed up. Mm. And um, when I think about all of these things, I'm like, I should probably... I don't know. I actually don't know. But my question is, do you want to be married? What do you... How do you envision yourself in, like, 10 years when it comes to dick with a H? First of all, to slightly backtrack, mm-hmm. this is why influencer culture is a problem for me. Because you get certain people who've been put on pedestals who can say whatever they want to say and it continues to be upheld because they've got a loyal fan base and ultimately most of what they say is fine. 
But then the things that they say that are problematic or that do deserve to be debated and spoken about just kind of get left at the wayside. Yeah. Which is not all right because when opinions like, when any opinion goes unchallenged, you're not allowing any room for debate, which means you're not allowing any room for growth on either side of the argument, right? True. So it's so interesting to me that people follow these people who are literally just like them, but just with thousands more followers and then let their opinions dictate how they move in life. And find dick, like me. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of finding dick long term, Mm -hmm. marriage isn't really uh, something I think about at all. My mum only got married. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. She only got married recently because uh, where she lives now, it's the law in the country for a woman who lives with a man to be married to each other if they're not related. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum lives in the Middle East. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She's not like in Wales. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Wales isn't even mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it was strange, but it makes mm. sense for the place, yeah. But before that, she had no intentions of being married. The other marriages I've seen in my family don't work, mm. have broken down, continuing to break down. But the thing that's keeping them together is this sheet of paper and maybe some kids or the secret family that they don't want to go back to. Mm-hmm. So, like, bearing all of that in mind, I've not had any real brilliant examples of a successful marriage around me growing up, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily lend itself to me wanting to be married. But also, I don't see the point of it. I don't need law or paper or an expensive ceremony or anything else to validate my love for another person. That's real. Mm. I don't think... I think that's a Gen Z thing, but I also think it's a millennial thing. Like, from my research and Mm. from what I have actually seen, people of our generation aren't getting married and we're not actually having kids as well in the West. But also, we don't have... Like you mentioned about the example thing, I feel like our parents and their parents had... Like, the norm was to be married. We don't really have that. And also with the internet, we have so many more options. We see so many more options. Hashtag NSG options. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No, what's that? Okay. You know that song? And then I run out of options. I don't. I'm gone. You're doing a really nice shoulder thing right now, though. Thanks. So, yeah, um, it makes sense that you probably don't really have marriage at the top of your list. Mm. Or on your list. Yeah, and it's the same for my older friends as well. I just think, like, we're in a Brexit economy. The last thing anyone is thinking about is a 10 grand elaborate show for how much you love someone allegedly. <laughs> I love that you added allegedly. Because if I really love that person, why do I need this whole song and dance about it? And why you do don't I have need... to necessarily do, okay, yeah, the song and dance, and most people do that, but let's just say you, like, you meet No, somebody. but even, like, the registry signing is mm. a song and dance in itself. It's a song and dance with the law. Like, validating that I love this person. Yeah. Or people. Do you know what I mean? Or people. Wait. And that's still illegal. You can't be married (laughs) to more than one person in this country. So if I am in an open uh, scenario with... Say, I'm still figuring out if I am polyamorous myself. But if I am in that sort of scenario, there are like three, four people involved in it. Thruppling. Yeah. And we really wanted to be together and we wanted that validation of the law. Ultimately, we still couldn't have that. True. So does that mean that my love isn't valid? Or the way that I choose to love isn't valid? Mm. So 
when you start asking those questions, you realise how much of a fallacy it is as a construct. Yeah. Bars, Steve Lacey. <laughs> Always dropping bars. You know what they say. Steve, mm-hmm. by name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Steve Lacey, thank you very much. Thank you. Please tell the people where they can find you. Probably in, like, North London. I knew. Why did I? No, ask me again. Ask me again. Steve Lacey the second. I've been actually not calling. I've been calling you out of your name. That is true. You aren't Steve Lacey. I'm not. You're Steve Lacey, the second. The second. Even in my phone, you're Steve Lacey. I I. Really? Yeah. That's important. It's very important. Steve Lacey, Mm. please, for the seventh time. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Malachi Sergeant. M-A-L-A-K-A-I-S-A-R-G-E-A-N-T. T. It's the same for Twitter and Medium. Oh, Medium. I write uh, sporadically, post my thoughts on there. Poems, essays, writings. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Steve. We're finished now. Brilliant. You haven't stopped recording there. No, you're a poet. clap rub hands yes we have arrived at the infamous part of the show the dick challenge where all the tea is spilt on the challenge that was set by myself and my lovely co-producer bridie so as you remember from the last last episode there was a challenge that was set and that challenge was to go on your least ideal date And as I stated, my least ideal date is to go on a dinner date. Why? Simply put, dinner dates are dead. But I put myself forward for the challenge. And the status of my challenge thus far is pending. Right now, it's pending. But, guys, 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 don't throw me in the torture chamber just yet. Because right now, I am a procrastinator as I've been speaking about in my on my insta stories that being said i have planned i am fingers crossing that tonight i shall go on a dinner date so that means that by the time technically by the time you hear this i will have actually accomplished my dick challenge so yeah have you the real question is not even about me have you done the dick challenge if you have you need to let me know email me at findingdick at gmail.com or DM me on either the Finding Dick Instagram or my personal Instagram. We need to stay in communication. I need to know that I am not the only person on this journey by myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand me? This is a team effort. So yes, that's that. And I'm sure you're wondering, Daisy, who are you going on a dinner date with, though? Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going on a dinner date. I'm going on a date. I'm go- It's not even actually specifically a dinner date. I just asked them to hang out. And I'm just going to ask us to go, I don't know, to like Nando. I don't know. Uh, Franco Manco? With Machine, where me and Machine Gun Kai were supposed to go? No, I'm joking. Anyway, I'm going, hopefully, on a date tonight with Bike Bay. Yeah. Bike Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LOL! Guys, 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 literally, <laughs> literally live and direct. Literally just now, it's 4.12, oh, sugar. It's 4.12 and I received a message at 4.11 from Bike Bay saying, if you're still, if you're in beep, we can grab a quick meal when I'm back. 
vodka. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's happening. Oh, I'm gonna have to eat with someone. I don't want to, guys. Uh... But anyway, I need to like inform you of why I'm still. I guess seeing and talking to Bike Bay because when I listened back to the other to the first uncut episode, it seemed like I didn't really rate Bike Bay, but I do. It was just early days. So yeah. Anyway, since then and now we've just been talk talking, and I've seen him once again, and it was nice. My thoughts on this right now are as follows: When it comes to finding dick and putting yourself out there and partaking in such challenges as these, I feel like being open-minded and giving mm, this is a bit political it can be a bit political but like not always like cancelling people straight away just because the spark's not there right away just because they have a bike no i'm joking i would have never like cancelled him just because he has a bike <laughs> but like there was no real reason for me not to not like him and i feel like that's why i've continued to talk to him and like i've seen like this whole other call very interesting I'll put an asterisk there because I, I don't want to go into detail, baby. But like a very, like a way more interesting side of him that I just wouldn't, I just never saw on the first date or like in the warming up stages of us texting and stuff. So yeah, like he's, 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 he's interesting, you know? But another interesting thing I've noticed, like you guys are, this is therapy now, okay? So just thank you. Thank you for the free therapy. So let me commend. One thing that I've noticed from texting him and stuff and even just in general in, in finding dick with a h is that i still find myself resisting when it comes to like getting to know someone more like pushing that boundary because like we text quite often not that that really matters like for me it's like the real life stuff like getting to know your real life like i feel like pushback guys why is that seriously why like I i'm nervous but it's beyond nervous like, it's nervous yeah but it's like like me thinking of meeting him today is just like like even when i message like he messaged me i'm spilling all the tea is that no mystery oh gosh anyway so he messaged me yesterday to see if we could meet up and i like blanked that message and we and just continued talking about something else and then this morning i woke up and i was like no you need to you, you actually need to meet up you actually need to meet up with him and you need to go on a dinner date but like i felt myself like mm, no I actually don't want to. Why? Is it because do I have attachment issues? Is that what it is? Hmm. That got deep real, real quick. And yes, that's what she said. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually very, very actually kind of sort of not really, but kind of excited for tonight because I haven't seen him. I haven't seen Bike Bay since like... I saw him like a few, like two weeks ago or something. And then in between that time till now, I haven't seen him, but this is where I've seen the other side of him, which is like even way more intriguing than he was before. So like I'm excited-ish to see whether this new side of him will be present IRL. And if IRL, it will be as cool as he seemed on text. This is long, bruv. Like what? Guys. Finding dick is actually long. What is this business? IRL business, interesting character online, but I don't know if he's going to be the same in real life. That's actually very long, but it's exciting. Do you know why? Because it has to be. But yeah, guys, let me not get lost in the source. I am excited for my date tonight. I am going on my least ideal date and I am ticking off the list the second challenge. Go me.
go me. But of course, as usual, a new challenge has been set by myself and my lovely co-producer, Bridie. That challenge is we, emphasis on we, obviously, we need to find and go on a date all within 24 hours. For example, you go on Tinder, you match with somebody. From the moment that you start talking to them, you need to have met up with them in real life within 24 hours. Now let's put some rules in place because this this could potentially go left, but it would it won't if you use your street smarts, okay? Obviously, within those 24 hours, vet this person. Obviously, it goes without saying. Vet them. If you can, have a phone conversation with them. FaceTime them, maybe. Let people know that you're, like, let your immediate circle, like your sister, your brother, your friend, whatever. No, not your brother. That's a bit weird, maybe. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm, I ain't telling my brother. Anyway, let somebody that you trust know where you're going to be. Send them the location send them your location i do that all the time when i'm like doing meeting somebody i send my sister my location so yeah do that and what else what else can we do to like safeguard ourselves um just use your street smarts don't just go on a date with someone when you know your intuition like my like my dear friend mrs discernment says use your discernment if your discernment levels are off the richter scale obviously don't go out with them it's not by force but like you know use your street smarts anyway that is the challenge Try, get, not even try, get and go on a date within 24 hours. I'm excited about this. I have faith in us. This is going to be a good challenge to push us out of our boundaries. We're not, do you know what? Do you know what? This is amazing. Let me go off on a little tangent because I feel like, <laughs> because I feel like we, again, I said this last time, we limit ourselves so much. Like, I feel like we, like there's really good people out there for us, but because we have the ability to like text and text and text and live in the online world with, with potential dick, we sometimes, or a lot of the time, get lost in that, in that space. Instead of just going out there and like making actual genuine connections, we like, oh, the person uses too many emojis or like, oh, their spelling is a bit off, which actually is like an actual issue for me. But like, it's not, these aren't like necessarily real, real, real like deal breakers, but we spend so much time in this in the in the cybersphere and we like, we sabotage ourselves. So this is a real challenge to challenge us <laughs> can i get an amen amen hallelujah anyway guys let me stop talking because i need to get myself ready and popping lol and popping for this date tonight which is gonna require me to eat food oh my gosh guys i'm gonna i'm let me not talk myself out of this but yes, as usual, don't forget to share your challenge experiences with us on social media, specifically Instagram at Finding Dick or my personal Instagram at Daisy Chaku. Don't leave me out here hanging alone. We are in this together. We are sisters. We stick together. We make each other family so we don't stick the same. What are the lyrics? <laughs> I'm so dumb. Anyway. Thank you, guys. Guys, again, you have made it thus far. You have made it this far into the episode. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Go share, go, go give Mr. Chocolatey Voice some love and follow him on Instagram. It's at Malachi Sergeant. It's going to be in the description ting and that. And for the last time of this episode, follow us 
on the Instagrams at Finding Dick or my personal one at Daisy Chaku and Transmission Roundhouses at Transmission underscore RH. Adios and may your quest to find dick be ever in your favour.